blessed King. Brother James. Amen. Good morning, everyone. We thank God for allowing us to assemble once again to study another portion of his word. Uh, we thank God for each and every one who is represented here with us this morning. Uh, and uh, we want you to please continue to keep in your prayers our sister Ford as she is uh, dealing with uh, cancer at this time. And uh, she still has to work, uh, but she does whatever she can to worship with us here in person. And when she can't, uh, she does makes every effort to be able to join us via uh, Facebook and via uh, uh, other means by which we go through the five acts of worship with her. We also, I just want to thank everyone who has been inviting their friends out to Bible study, uh, who are all uh, working toward having that one Bible study this month with someone that you interact with daily. And remember, the intent is not for you to uh, baptize anyone. It's for us to share God's word with someone that we interact with daily so that at that given moment, uh, and we'll see in this lesson, when we stand before God, we can always be able to say, when it came to this person, I did what I could. That's the whole intent. It's not to make anybody obey the gospel, but it is to share what we say we wholeheartedly believe and that we stand firmly on. With that being said, we're going to get right into our lesson this morning. Uh, question to you all. I want to ask anybody if you've heard these terms before. What you don't know won't hurt you. Heard that before, right? If I don't know it, it don't matter. You never heard that one. If you don't mind, it don't matter. You ever heard that one? Ultimately, have you ever heard this? Ignorance is bliss. You know, in putting this lesson together, I was like, where did that term come from? Who is the person that initiated that term and what does it mean? Not only what does it mean, but how does it affect and impact my life today? You know, and I can understand what people might say. There are some things, and I can see the instances where they sing, if you don't know it, it may be better for you. I'll give you an example. Let's say someone dies in a horrific accident. Well, you know that that person passed in this horrific accident, but you don't need to know all the gory details about how the body looked when they found it. So ignorance, when it comes to that, makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes you're given a dish to eat. And it comes with a thick gravy on the top. And you trust in the cook for this dish. And they're saying, look, this is a good dish. But if I tell you what's in it, you might not want to eat. Now, sometimes in those cases, ignorance is bliss. It's better not to know all the facts. Because sometimes when you find out certain things, you know how like you enjoy something and then as soon as you find out what it is, you don't want it no more? You, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody can fix you something, you've been eating it all these years, but the moment they tell you what's in it, you don't want to eat it no more. It still tastes the same, but the mental knowledge now of what it consists of changes your whole perspective about it. That's how it is when it comes to ignorance is bliss. The thing that really got me about it, the origin of the word. Here is what ignorance is bliss, and here is where it comes from. The proverb that it is better to remain unaware 
or ignorant of things that may otherwise cause one stress. If you don't know about something, you don't need to worry about it. The expression comes from the 1742 Thomas Gray poem, Ode on a, dis Ode on a Distant Prospect of Eaton College, where ignorance is bliss, tis folly to be wise. Now, in that definition, it talks about the expression of a person wanting to be a part of a college, but not knowing what the outcome would be of his enrollment, he was better off. Because if he didn't make it, it would be better that he didn't know the reason why he didn't make it than to not be admitted and then have to go through his whole life realizing I didn't make it because of this. So to be ignorant of it was better in this poem. That was a, the poetic sense. However, when it comes to the realities of life, being ignorant of some things can also cause irrevocable harm, both physically and spiritually. So in some instances, being ignorant of something is not a good thing. Sometimes it is better to know and be able to make a sound decision than to not know and have your ignorance be your undoing. So with that in mind, today we're going to focus on the spiritual impact of being ignorant. Today we're going to look at why, when it comes to our spirituality, this is not something we should be ignorant of. And this is not something that we could think, because we don't know, we can't be blamed for. Okay? So, with that in mind, I need to start off by making sure that I begin the lesson by eliminating ignorance about a certain fact. Harry, first, Second Peter, chapter one, verse twelve. Second Peter, chapter one, verse twelve. Therefore, mm -hmm. I will always remind you about these things, mm -hmm. even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Mm -hmm. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Thank you, Harry. Now. What is it that I need to keep reminding everybody about as long as I live so that there won't be any ignorance on this subject? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 starting at verse 1. Yes, Harry, go ahead. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel mm -hmm. which I preached unto you, mm -hmm. which also you have received and wherein you stand, mm -hmm. by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, mm -hmm. and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Thank you, Brother Harry. So the thing that I don't want anybody in here to be ignorant about is the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That's the gospel. So now, no matter what else happens in your life, you ain't ignorant about what the gospel is. You now have no excuse when it comes to what is the gospel. We're going to look at the importance of knowing the gospel as we go into our lesson. The thing I want to do, as we always do, we need to start off by giving some context, by giving you the understanding of what words we're going to use. Two words only that I want us to make sure we have an understanding on. The first word is ignorance. That's number 52 in the Greek. The English spelling is I-G-N-O-R. A-N-C-E. 
The Greek spelling is A-G-N-O-I-A. Agonia. By definition, ignorance means want of knowledge. Ignorance which leads to mistaken conduct and forbids unconditional imputation of the guilt of acts performed. Again, that is ignorance which leads to mistaken conduct and forbids unconditional imputation of the guilt of acts performed. According to Paul's writings, ignorance is the characteristic of heathendom and is a state which renders repentance necessary. Ignorance is the characteristic of heathendom and is a state of which repentance is necessary. Thus, it eventually furnishes grounds for blame or otherwise forbearance. What is it saying? When you're ignorant about something, it lays the groundwork for you to be blamed for it, even though you don't know. Because when it says it starts out by being ignorant is a want of knowledge, meaning I am in an ignorant state because I don't try to acquire knowledge. So everybody with me on that. So when someone says, well, you know, you're ignorant. All they're simply saying is you didn't study about that. And a lot of us are ignorant about a lot of things. You, you understand what I'm saying? Being ignorant simply means you don't know about it. You know, people use the term ignorant now to be degrading and demeaning. You know, you're just ignorant. You, you know, heard people say that. You know, the point being, well, hold up. The very person that calls you ignorant is ignorant to something. Ignorance simply means I just don't know what that is. But we usually say you don't know nothing. You can't say somebody don't know nothing. They got their clothes on. So they at least know how to put their clothes on. So you, you understand? So just to make sure we get a good understanding about it. Second word is bliss. Now, in the Greek, the word bliss actually is another word, joy and delight. Number 5479, chara, C-H-A-R-A. In the Greek, chara, which is joy and delight, means uh, gladness, rejoicing, and joy. Chara is C-H-A-R-A. However, the definition for the word bliss that we use today, the term, oh, I'm, this is a bliss situation, a bliss state of mind. I want you to listen. I'm going to give you three forms of the definition of bliss, and I want you to look at each one of these. The first form, bliss, each of these is a noun. Bliss means extreme happiness and ecstasy. The second form of this definition of bliss being uh, extreme happiness and ecstasy, listen to this. The ecstasy of salvation, spiritual joy. So in the first definition, bliss is extreme happiness and ecstasy. And that's extreme, extreme ecstasy and happiness is the ecstasy of salvation, spiritual joy. The second form of the definition of being bliss, perfect happiness, serene joy. 
The second form of this definition is the ecstatic joy of heaven. The ecstatic, ecstatic joy of heaven. The last form of the definition, supreme happiness. Each one of these forms of bliss is a higher degree of happiness. So the third definition of being bliss is supreme happiness, which is also heaven or paradise. So to, for a person to be bliss and not have the spiritual joy that comes from being in the Lord, you cannot have true bliss. True bliss by its definition has a direct correlation with being in the Lord. To be able to attain the epitome of what true bliss is, you have to be in the Lord. Why? Because that's the only way you're going to get to heaven. So now, we see that being ignorant can't be bliss. Because I can't get to heaven being ignorant. So, ignorance is bliss on the contrary. Ignorance is the opposite of being bliss for the spiritual side of man. Now that we've looked at the definitions and we see the relevance of being in God to the definition, I want to show you some things that ignorance has caused people to go through. Harry, I want you to get for me 1 Peter chapter 1 from the King James. Steve, I want you to go over to Ephesians chapter 4 and you're going to hold verse 17 for me there in the King James. Marcus, I want you to round us out, and you're going to go to Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 9, I mean verse 12, and you're going to be looking at it from the New Living. Well, we're going to start with Harry. Now, let's look at what ignorance can do for you. Harry, start reading for me verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Exercise self now, listen, this is Peter talking to us. As those who are in the Lord, you need to think clearly and exercise self-control. Keep going, Harry. Look forward to the greater salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Keep reading for me, Harry. So you must live as God's obedient children. Wait a minute. He's talking to us who are in the body of Christ. He says, think clearly. <clears throat> live as obedient children who are in Christ when, because we're looking forward to the day that Christ returns. Keep reading for me, Harry. Don't slip back into your old ways. Wait a minute. Don't slip back into what you used to do before you came to the Lord. When what, Harry? Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. To satisfy your own desires when what, Harry? You didn't know you didn't know any better. Wait a minute. Lack of knowledge. Didn't know any better. Keep reading for me, Harry. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Now, hold on a minute, Harry. Did you read that from the King James or from the New Living? That's from the New Living. I asked for it from the King James. Okay. Yeah, start over for me, Harry. Wherefore, grid up the yes. loins of your mind. Keep reading, Harry. Be sober mm -hmm. and hope to, the, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, when Harry read that from the New Living, it lets you know, hey, look, stay focused, stay in the Lord. Live for what's going to happen when Jesus returns. Why, Harry? Keep reading. As obedient children. As obedient children. Keep reading. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former 
lust in your ignorance. Don't act like you used to act before you came to the Lord. When you weren't in the Lord, how did you act, Harry? <clears throat> but as he which have called you is holy. God is holy, so we ought to do what, Harry? So be holy. We need to be holy. And then what, Harry? In all manner of conversation. Keep reading, Harry. Because it is written. It is written. Be you holy, for I am holy. Keep going, Harry. If you call on the on the Father, who without respect of person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Mm-hmm. And what verse you on now, Harry? Verse number 18. Back up and stop for me right there. Wait a minute. Don't act like you used to act in your former ways, right? And that was 1 Peter chapter 1, right? Verse 13. And Harry, in verse 14 it says, verse 13 says what? Wherefore, grid up the loins of your mind. Keep reading. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you. Verse 14 says what, Harry? As obedient children... Not fashioning yourselves according to the formal lust in your ignorance. Oh, that's the word you didn't say a minute ago, Harry. The word of your former what? Ignorance. Oh, so that means before we came to a knowledge of the Lord, we were ignorant. We were fashioning ourselves in our ignorant ways. So wait a minute. Lack of knowledge of God, lack of access to the holy life that we should live is ignorance. We aren't living in the lifestyle that God would have us to live. Thank you for that, Harry. Steve, Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to pick up at verse 17 from the King James. Ephesians 4, verses 17 from the King James. Yes. This I say, therefore, uh -huh. and testify in the Lord. Keep reading. That ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Wait a minute. Talking to us as Christians, don't act or walk or carry yourself as the Gentiles do. Keep reading, Brother Steve. In the vanity of their mind. In the vanity of their mind. Go ahead. Having the understanding darkened. Uh-huh. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance mm. that is in them. Wait a minute. Anyone who is living outside of what God would have us to do is living an ignorant life. Fastening ourselves after the world. So wait a minute. Is ignorance bliss? Is being outside of God a wonderful situation to be living in? Keep reading for me, Steve. Because of the blindness of their heart. Because their hearts were blind. Keep reading. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto, la over unto lasciviousness. There you go. To work all uncleanness with greediness. Keep reading, Steve. But ye have not so learned Christ. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Outside of the Lord, look at the type of life people are living. Lascivious lifestyles, sinful lifestyles, lifestyles that have nothing to do with the Lord that we serve. Why? Because they are ignorant. They are ignorant of what God would have them to do, the way God would have them to live. Keep reading for me, Steve. If so be that ye have heard him mm -hmm. and have been taught by him, uh -huh. as the truth is in Jesus, keep reading, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Keep reading, Steve. Verse 23. And be renewed. Wait a minute. Each one of us needs to be renewed. Wait a minute. Each one of us needs to have the ignorance removed from us by being obedient to what God would have us to do. Being renewed how, Steve? In the spirit of your mind. Keep reading, Steve. And that ye put on the new man, mm -hmm. which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So wait a minute. 
When we become part of the body of Christ, we put aside that ignorance. We acquire the knowledge of what our Lord and Savior would have us to do. We now become people who are bliss because we're not ignorant. We gain bliss in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We gain bliss in being obedient to what God would have us to do. We discard that ignorant lifestyle we used to live. And no matter how good that lifestyle feels to us, it's not what's going to save us. Yes, ignorance is bliss to somebody who don't want to go to heaven. Because they enjoyed the things that they did in their flesh. We enjoyed the things that we did. Come, everybody in here can, you can say what you want to. But there was things that I did when I was ignorant of what God would have me to do that I liked. I liked it so much I kept doing some of it after I came to a knowledge of the Lord. See, we can still be in the Lord and have knowledge and do some ignorant stuff. And that's the reality of it. Let me show you what ignorance can cause that can actually also, even though it's a negative thing, have a great outcome. Marcus, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Starting at verse number 12 from the New Living. Starting at verse 12. Peter standing up, he saw what was happening. They had just healed a crippled man. Now he's taking advantage of this opportunity, like I said a few weeks back. There's always a good time to teach the good news. Keep reading for me, Marcus. People of Israel. Uh huh. What is so surprising about this? Uh huh. And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Keep reading, Steve. I mean, keep. Mark. Mm hmm. Wait a minute. God who is the father of all their ancestors, has just brought glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by allowing those apostles to heal him. Keep reading, Marcus. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Now look at what they did. They handed him over and rejected him before Pilate. Keep reading, Marcus. Despite Pilate's decision to release him. Even though Pilate wanted to let Jesus go, we, the Jews at that time, pushed him to keep it. Keep reading for me. Wait a minute. Instead of releasing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you would rather release a murderer back out into society. You picked a murderer over the Savior. Keep reading for me, Marcus. You killed the author of life. You killed the author of eternal life. Keep reading for me, Marcus. But God raised him from the dead. Wait a minute. What did they just hear? They just heard the gospel. But here's the kicker. Keep reading, Marcus. And we are witnesses of this fact. Keep going, Marcus. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. Mm -hmm. And you know how crippled he was before. Keep going, Marcus. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Keep reading for me, Marcus. Friends, I realize that what you and your leader did to Hold on. Stop before you say it, Marcus. I realized that what you and your friends did to Jesus, what, Marcus? Was done in oh, because you was ignorant. You killed the Savior because you were ignorant. We don't obey the gospel because we are ignorant. We don't hear and listen to and accept the truth because we are ignorant. And ignorance sometimes will cause us to do some very detrimental things. They just killed a man because they was ignorant. Keep reading for me, Marcus. 
But God was fulfilling what all the prophets have foretold about the Messiah. The beautiful thing about them doing that ignorant thing is it gave God the opportunity to do what he had prophesied he was going to do. Keep going for me, Marcus. That he must suffer these things. He had to go through it. Why? Keep reading. Now repent of your sins and turn to God. Wait a minute. Stop being ignorant and come to the Lord. Stop being ignorant and come to the Lord. Now I'm showing you how bad your ignorance is. Your ignorance is so great that you will kill the Savior. But praise be to God, he had that as part of the plan. Why? Because he knew you was ignorant. God said, I'm going to use your ignorance to fulfill my plan. Keep going for me, Marcus. Close me out. So that your sins may be wiped away. So that your sin, late brothers and sisters, why remain ignorant when you can acquire knowledge and get your life right with God? Whether you've never obeyed or even if you're in the Lord and you're in sin. Why? Because don't you understand that when you have had the opportunity to see truth and you don't obey truth, there remain nothing for you in the end but a terrible suffering. When God, every time he sees you and allows you to get up, is giving you a chance to repent and make it right. Keep going for me, Marcus. The times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Keep going, Marcus. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. When, Marcus? Brothers and sisters, look here. Like Tasha was saying the other day, be glad that Jesus has a thousand, God is to him a thousand days is like a year, a year is like a thousand, a thousand years is like a day. Why? Because if God was to take action, which he has the right to do, look how many of us would miss heaven. We could be here in the Lord and miss heaven. So we need to be, don't take it so lightly when God isn't being quick to punish us like he can do. But take to heart, you know what? Sometimes the preaching of the cross seems like foolishness. It seems like foolishness to people who are already on their way to destruction. And we always like to refer that to people that ain't in the Lord. But that's happening to people that's in the body of Christ. You in the body of Christ, got an avenue to get to heaven, and you're blowing it every day. Like we were saying in First Peter, no man knoweth the hour when God is going to come. And he's saying, what well, Tasha, he being patient for our sake. Why? Because even though he knows he's got to destroy the world, he wants us to have a shot at heaven. And you know what the killing thing of it is? On judgment day, ain't going to be nobody able to stand up before God and say, you, why you came so soon? <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be, what, you know, like, man, you couldn't wait another day. 2,000 years in, you're going to say you couldn't wait another day. And if, if I was God, I'm going to say, well, you should have did this yesterday. Since you know you didn't know when I was coming, you had yesterday. If I wake up today and I didn't do what I should have did yesterday, that's my fault. But now I need to take advantage if I didn't do it yesterday to do it today. Now, looking at what we got. Steve, give me Acts chapter 17, our scriptural text. We're going to start at verse 30 from the King James. And brothers and sisters, it don't take long to tell you if you ain't ignorant or not. Acts 17. Acts chapter 17, 
from the King James Version. Yep, we're going to start at verse 30 now, Steve. Okay. Take and, your time. And the times of this ignorance at the time. Well, I'm sorry, let me read that over there. You know what, Steve? Let's do this for everybody. Let's back up. Let's give them a couple of extra verses. Because, see, when we get to that point, at the time, let's see what at the time was. We're at uh, chapter 17. Let's back up to verse 25, Steve, and lay a foundation for everybody. Verse number 25. Yes, Steve. Neither is worship worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything. You know what, Steve? Now, we're talking about God. So let's back up and give them. That was at verse 25. Let's go ahead and give them. Uh, verses, we're going to start at verse 19 so that we can give everybody the full context of this. Keep reading for me, Steve. 19. Verse 19. And they took him and brought him unto Arupagus. Mm -hmm. that yes, that's, okay. yep. Saying, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. Keep reading. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. Mm -hmm. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. Right. So now, Peter is coming to their, uh, Paul has come to their region and he's talking about the gospel. But that does, that's strange teaching them because they, in this area where he is, they worship all manner of gods, all manner of beings. So now, what Peter, what Paul is bringing to them don't line up with all these things and figures that they see lining this courtyard that they've been worshiping. So now they're asking him a question about it. Keep going for me, Steve. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. So all these people, they want the next new thing. They want the next new iPhone. They want the native releases. Why? Because it's supposed to be an upgrade. It's going to be better than what I had before. So all their time is spent in looking at the upgrades, looking at the new things, looking at something that is different, strange teachings. That's what they spent all their time doing. That's why they came there. Keep reading, Steve. 22. Yes. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye, men of Athens, mm -hmm. I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Keep reading. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Now, wait a minute. They've been worshiping and looking at all these different teachings. And now, as Paul was coming to him, he saw an altar there that says, to the unknown God. Now, they had names and deities for all the other ones. But they say, for this one that we don't know nothing about, this unknown God. What does Paul go on to say to him about the unknown God? Whom, therefore, he ignorantly worshiped. Whom therefore they, what? How they worship? Ignorantly. They worship out of a lack of knowledge. Keep reading, Steve. Him I declare unto you. So wait a minute. That God that you say is the unknown God, that when you worship, you're worshiping him out of ignorance. Meaning you don't have no knowledge. So now Paul says, I'm getting ready to explain to you and make you knowledgeable about that God that you were ignorant of. Y'all with me so far? Keep reading for me, Steve. Verse 24. Now he's getting ready to explain who that God that is unknown to them is. Who is he, Steve? God that made the world and all things therein. Keep reading. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, mm -hmm. dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So wait a minute. This unknown God that you don't know nothing about, 
He don't need no temples. He don't need nothing that you all have made because he made everything that you have. So you're worshiping him out of ignorance, but you need to know who this God is that you've been worshiping. Keep reading, Steve. Neither is worship with men's hands. Keep reading. As though he needed anything. The God that you say is unknown don't need nothing. He don't need a statue made up to him that's alone as colonnade. Ain't nothing you can produce with your hands that's going to satisfy him. Keep reading, Steve. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Keep reading, Steve. And hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. What is he saying? He said, hold up. I made all of y'all. Whatever your nationality, your ethnicity is, all of y'all got the same blood running through you. I'm the God that created every one of you and gave you what you have here on this earth. Keep going, Steve. And hath determined the times before appointed mm -hmm. and the bounds of their habitation. Keep reading. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, mm -hmm. though he be not far from every one of us. What is he saying? This God has set all the boundaries of everything for every nation, for all the world. And he's saying that with me creating all this, all I want you to do is look for me. Seek me. Seek the knowledge of me. Find out what it takes to be a part of me. With all that is around you so that you know I made all this. I'm the God that if you want to honor anybody, honor me. Honor me because I am the one that made it possible for you to have all the things that you have. Keep reading for me, Steve. For in him we live uh -huh. and move uh -huh. and have our being. Wait a minute. Everything we do, you see this world we in? God made this world. The air we breathe, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the water we drink. God made all of that. Yes, all of our movement and existence is in God. Why? Because at any moment, if he wanted to, he could end it all. Everything we have and have access to, God is allowing it. Keep reading for me, Steve. Come on now. As certain also of your own poets have said. What does that poet say? What, Steve? For we are also his offspring. Keep reading. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, mm -hmm. we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone. Mm -hmm. by art and man's device. Wait a minute. Like we were saying in class this morning, like you say, Tasha, we worship the things that God created instead of worshiping God himself. So we, if we're going to be his image and his offspring, why are we worshiping bulls, goats, and calves, Virgin Marys, little cross and crucifixes, St. Lazarus. You see people with these little monuments in their yard with the man on the cake. What's all that for? Uh, the patron saint, man, if the patron saints had to fulfill everybody's needs, they'd be, of course he crippled. He can't make it around the world and help everybody. What am I saying? We worship the creations of men instead of the creator himself. Where were all these patron saints when God sets the boundaries for the world? Where are all these patron saints when somebody needs to die for the sins of the world? They weren't even alive then. The point I'm trying to get across is we all too often worship man-made things and ideas instead of the creator himself. 
who is worthy of praise. And then we try to justify our actions. We allow other people to say uh, to us what other people should be and what they shouldn't be. Think about it. Any teaching or belief that says another group of people is not worthy of living is that of God. When God says we are all one people, when you got some people that want to say that, oh, they are, you know, these people are the heathens. Well, we, we all are heathens if we're outside of God. Devils. Everybody the devil if they ain't in the Lord. And you got some devils in the Lord. Keep reading for me, Steve. We're about to take this thing on home. Verse 30. Verse 30. What? And the times of this ignorance. When people were making man-made idols and things like that, God did what, Steve? Winked at. He winked at what, Steve? This. Keep reading. But now commanded all men everywhere to repent. And do what, Steve? Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. How, Steve? By that man <coughs> whom he hath ordained. Mm -hmm. Whereof he hath given as a assurance uh -huh. unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead. Wait a minute. What did Paul just teach all them people there? Those Athenians. He just taught them the gospel. To give them the opportunity to turn to that unknown God. And to obey that unknown God. Brothers and sisters, ignorance may be fine in some things. But when it comes to our soul salvation and where we're going to spend eternity, don't be ignorant about this, brothers and sisters. The God of heaven has set a date that everybody is going to be judged by this one man, our Lord and Savior. If we want salvation, if we want to be able to have a life of bliss, that is only found in knowledge of our Lord and Savior and obedience to him. Brothers, we could go on all day going for the different aspects of the importance of a knowledge of truth, but the reality of it is this. You know enough to do what's right. And the beautiful thing about it is Paul says he took advantage of that situation. The question to ask ourselves now, do we take advantage of all the opportunities that are coming before us day in and day out? The opportunities to help people not be ignorant any longer, but to give them knowledge of what it is to do what's right. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what your need may be this morning or where you may stand or what your desire is. Maybe you say that, you know what, I've been ignorant about what's right long enough. I need to line my life back up with what God would have me to do. I need to do what will please our Lord and Savior. I need to return before it's eternally too late. I need to repent of whatever I've done wrong. And you know what's so good about God? Each time we repent, we get a new slate. <clears throat> Each time we line up and realize that, hey, I've been in error. I've been acting ignorantly. Once I come to a knowledge that I've been doing something wrong and God gives me the opportunity to make it right, I should take advantage of it. Why? No man knows what tomorrow holds. Brothers and sisters, whatever your need may be, as we together stand and sing the song of invitation, please uh, make sure that Brother Dwayne gets your request and we'll go to our Heavenly Father in prayer for you. As we together stand and sing our song of encouragement. When the Savior calls, I will answer. When he calls for me, I will hear.
when the Savior calls, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for 